Welcome to Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, Army Ranger, real estate investor, and income enthusiast. On this show, we uncover the keys to attaining financial freedom. There are so many people listening right now who are stuck in that day-to-day, nine-to-five rat race. Luckily, it's only temporary. Each week, we bring on guests that help us discover the steps to build financial freedom, passive income, and generational wealth, so we can live the life we were born to live. Money is freedom. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Science. I'm your host, Jesse Fuchsia, and today's guest is Yermi Kirkus. Yermi has spent most of his career helping people at their lowest find meaning and purpose through proven methods that are built from psychology, philosophy, and mystical teachings. Yermi's approach is pragmatic and down-to-earth, thus coining the term practical mindfulness. Today, Yermi partners up with business owners, professionals, and individuals that want to become more irresistible in their personal and professional lives, as well as helping founders build irresistible systems in their businesses. Well, science, I bring you one of the most authentic and kind-hearted human beings I have ever met in my entire life. And I would not bring him to this stage if I did not absolutely believe that. Yermi Kirkus, welcome to the show, brother. What's going on? Thank you so much, Jesse. It's really an honor and a pleasure. And I'm like beyond words that you invited me out here. And, you know, the, the feelings are mutual. Definitely, you know, I think authentic people kind of attract each other. So this is really cool. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you use the word attraction, I, I believe. And we're going to jump into all the spirituality stuff tonight, which I can't wait. But I'm a huge believer, you hear me, in that law of attraction, that like people attract other like people. And, and the universe or a higher power somewhere wanted us to be here tonight to add value to the thousands of people listening. So again, I, I know it's late at night and I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. You know, for the people who don't know you, you're me. I mean, I would love, I know your story crisscrosses so many different, you know, stories, you know, if you could take just, you know, some minutes and introduce yourself to the audience. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, you did a great job with the bio. Um, you know, my name is Yermi Kirkus. And um, the funny story actually behind the name is that, and, and it really ties into a lot of things that we spoke about. Um, so I actually grew up, I grew up as Jeremy. That's actually the name I grew up with. And, um, and I had a lot of mentors over my, the course of my life. And one of my very early on mentors was a camp counselor. And he's like, you know, you're more of a Yermi than you are of a Jeremy. And Yermi is Jeremy in Hebrew, um, but you're more of a Yermi. And, and I was like, why? And he said, because you really authentically love helping people. That's just who you are. And so you treat people like you are me. And that's like, you're me kind of thing. So he says, just live up to your name and you'll be okay. And that's, I think that really sums it up. And that, you know, like all my life was about, um, I grew up in a community which very much valued, um, uh, you know, um, going out to people and helping people, doing outreach, that kind of stuff. And I just was attracted to it, like, like, I don't know, bees to honey, or I don't know what, how, how you say it. Um, but I really, really appreciated it. And my entire support system, my parents, my teachers, my counselors, all the people who were around me said, you know, you could do that for a living. Um, so it started off as thinking of being a doctor in medical school, uh, but that quickly did not pan out. That wasn't for me. Um, and so I went out and sought out uh, being a doctor for businesses. 
Um, so I'm currently working on my doctorate for um, industrial psychology, which is the psychology of businesses. And as you said, I marry my background in rabbinical studies and um, a little bit knowledge of, um, of the Tao Tai Ching and stuff like this. Um, I was always involved in multicultural um, stuff. Um, that was the work that I did in the prisons. And, um, and yeah, just a big, long, uh, you know, journey to get to where I am today and ultimately burning down, you know, finding a group of people, a niche um, that doesn't really necessarily have the amount of support um, that everybody else has. So in the prison, they have a decent amount of support. Um, you know, they have, they have great, you know, therapists and people who work with them. Um, you know, generally speaking, people with mental illness and mental, um, you know, disabilities have a great resource, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists. Uh, but nobody thinks to really go after the, um, the business professional, you know, the, the entrepreneur. Um, and entrepreneurs really go through a whole roller coaster of a ride. And unless they don't seek out the help that they need, um, a lot of them are afraid to because of different, you know, coins and terminologies. Uh, but but that that's that's a niche that I found um, was lacking in, you know, in a more practical approach because us entrepreneurs are more, you know, hands on practical. Um, and that's just the people that I thought going after. Yeah, I find this super intriguing, especially the work that you've done in the prison system and, and helping people, you know, in that world. You know, I, I'm, I'm super interested in, in the psychology and that, you know, what do you think is something, you know, and I feel like I'm a, I'm a novice, you know, me when I think of it, I, you know, I, I know I think of it the wrong way that everyone in there is a bad person and they deserve to be in there. But what do you think is something misunderstood about the people in the prison system? And, and what did you kind of learn by working with them? Yeah, that that's an amazing question. So, in the very beginning, um, so I actually fell upon this prison opportunity. Um, it was totally, totally not planned, totally not um, something I ever thought I would ever do. Um, so it all started in 2010. I was going through a personal trauma. Um, at the time, my wife leaves me. She takes away the kids. Uh, my mom dies. And a business that I built to about almost 20 employees or so, um, is forced to shut down beyond my control. And all this happens in 10 days. So, you know, all of life just collapses in one shot. And I took it very difficult. Like I took it really hard and it took some time for me to get over it. And, you know, I got therapy. I, I did all the things that I needed to do. Um, and one of the parts of therapy was, um, was that I actually had to join an AA program. Now, that was funny to me because I never drank, I never did alcohol, I never did drugs, I never did any of that stuff. And here I am being pushed into a program of, you know, of AA, uh, but it really helped with anger issues. It helped with all kinds of other things I was struggling with at the time. And the last step of AA is to be of service to others. Um, and, and I thought, okay, let me volunteer to something like really, you know, <laughs> irrational or something crazy. Um, such as, you know, the prison system, which just was aligned at that time. Um, so that's how I got to the prisons. Now, my very, very initial steps in the prison was not, not that altruistic, to be honest. I found it very funny to go into prison um, and be able to leave every day. So that was kind of <laughs> cool, right? So it was very intriguing. Um, so there was a level of ego involved in that. And um 
And that's that's how I really like started. Uh, but then it was at one point where I heard my supervisor, my my quote unquote boss at the time, um, he was speaking to a group of people and he and he just said something that changed my entire life. Um, he said, these are people, the people in prison, these are people who were judged and who are, you know, labeled by the rest of the world. What greater act of service and what greater act of, you know, humanity could you give back to these people by not judging them, by not giving them a label, just seeing them for the human that they are. Um, and that just that just drove and that really was like the trigger to me to go explore psychology, to go explore why did these people behave the way they did? Why did they land in the position that they did without judging, without stereotyping them, without anything? And just looking at the human behind, you know, that mask or that person that was there. Um, and that's what kind of drew me into the prison system and into the work that I did there for about eight, eight nine years. Yeah, I find it super intriguing, and that world is really intriguing. Just your work there, I mean, it's it's humbling work. I'm sure it's challenging, and it was difficult at times, but, I mean, you are helping people change their lives, which is incredible, at a very low point in their life. So I'm, I'm picturing you, Jeremy, like getting real-world experience of helping people in some of their darkest moments. Um, it's, it's super powerful, and, and I, I think it's really intriguing and powerful that you were able to do that to kind of steer this back to more maybe the entrepreneur side. And I, I love talking mindset, and, and I, I have a person who's about to be have a doctorate in, in, in the psychology of entrepreneurship, so I, I love this opportunity. You know, I, I love looking at the scarcity versus abundant mindset, and this was a journey I had to go on as well, Jeremy. I grew up in a family where we never talked about money. And money was stigmatized and being an entrepreneur was stigmatized and we just didn't do it, to be honest. You know, I didn't talk about money or anything like that, or, you know, my parents never talked to me about it. So, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on the entrepreneur when it comes to that scarcity versus abundant mindset, you know, how does someone travel from the scarce to the abundant? Sure. That that's very powerful. And, um, and I share, I share that with you because although I grew up in entrepreneurship all my life, um, everybody in my family are entrepreneurs. Um, it's it's like super important to be an entrepreneur in my family. Uh, but we grew up in a scarcity mindset as well. We grew up in, there's just never enough. And, you know, even though we had money, we lived, you know, my parents used to go to uh, thrift shops to buy stuff. Um, it was extremely embarrassing. It was extremely demoralizing, you know. Um, but, but you're, you know, that scarcity mindset is, is not only you know what here's where i have an issue with the world saying scarcity mindset um does not allow you to find success i know a lot of successful people with a scarce mindset still um i think scarcity mindset really is beyond just the amount of money we make you know when we think about abundance and scarcity um i like to i like to take it a step further um so the way i interpret scarcity mindset is how are you behaving towards everything that's around you? People, situations, um, just the way are the way you're thinking. Now, if we take scarcity at its core, scarcity is a very closed mindset. So you're just closed. You are held back. Um, you are scared of something or someone or something like that. Um, whereas the abundance is more open. You're inviting. You are you're warm, you invite other people to come closer to you. Um, so a great example that I always give 
is let's say you are um, you are in a disagreement with somebody. And most people in disagreements, they try to avoid any further contact. So they try to get away from it. They try to, they're not always open to having an open conversation. A, you know, maybe even thinking that maybe the guy just had a bad day today, you know, and, and it just, it just turned out that, you know, he said something bad to me or whatever. Um, that abundant mindset opens up these opportunities to, um, to explore deeper and further. Now, that kind of mindset is what you need for success. Other than just, you know, not just because it's great for relationships, but let's say when you're facing a challenge at work or, you know, whatever you're involved in, um, the moment you start exploring the challenge versus then running away from the challenge, now you're dissecting the challenge. Now you're analyzing the challenge. You're inviting it in. You're accepting the challenge. And now you're looking for the solutions. Sometimes you won't find the solutions, but you're still exploring that challenge and you're inviting that challenge in. Um, so that to me is the, is the difference between abundance mindset and scarcity mindset. I think that's incredibly powerful. And I think the example I would use, that's a great example. An example I would use, you know, we live in this world today where, you know, people from a political standpoint, it's like you're either your left or your right and there can't be an in the middle, but I love hearing me hearing other people's perspectives. It's like, even, Hey, you disagree with me, you know, John Smith, I want to hear why, you know, let's, right. let's discuss it and let's be open to different perspectives rather than just living in what you would say, the scarce close-minded idea of I have to be right because it's what I believe and it, there's no other solution. So I, I love that perspective. I'm a huge believer in it that, you know, Hey, we're having a disagreement. Let's, let's talk about it. You know, let's see why, and let's be open to different perspectives that there's other ways to view this problem set than just down a narrow tunnel. So I, I love that. I love that aspect. And I, I want to get your thoughts on one more thing before we get into the actual real estate piece of this, because again, I just love talking mindset and, and you're literally have a PhD in it. So, um, you know, I'm a huge believer, you're me in, in the, in the power of positive thought. I'm a, you know, an eternal optimist. I, mm -hmm. I tell people every day, I write my goals down and I'm a huge, huge believer that, you know, positive thoughts go out into the universe and they bring back other positive aspects. I mean, do you have any ideas or, you know, any testaments in your own life and in your study throughout the years of how powerful just being an optimist can be to your day-to-day -day success as an entrepreneur? Yes, a million percent. Um, in fact, it is a book that, you know, as of this recording, I just wrote and I'm in the middle of publishing. Um, hopefully by the time this, you know, this podcast actually comes out, um, it's going to be already published and already out. Um, that is the goal, definitely. Um, I had a story where the way it works in our um, culture um, is that we we have arranged marriages. That's the way it works. Um, so after you know the divorce and after recovery and after all that kind of stuff, um, I wanted to do things right. I really wanted to set my life straight. Um, so I said, okay, let's do the way everybody else does it, the system, let's call it. Um, let's go and find a wife according to the system, right? Um, so get matched up and do all the things that needs to get done. Um, you're actually gonna have to read the book for the entire story, but um, I actually drew par parallels between my, you know, the eight years it actually took me to find a wife after this whole story um, and how I currently am building this business compared to any other business I had in before um, there's a lot of parallels and it and it directly connects to your question about being that optimist. 
So um, in my studies, I've researched a lot of successful people. How did they become this uber successful person? Uh, Bill Gates, Richard Branson, um, you know, all, all, the, all the biggest names, how do they do it? And they have one thing in common. Um, most of people outside said that they're crazy. You know, they have these big dreams, they have these big goals. Everybody told me that the kind of woman that I'm looking for does not exist. And fast forward eight years later, 10, you know, 10 chapters later in the book, um, I did all the things I needed to do to actually attract the woman of my dreams. And that person was real. And that person did come. Um, and I actually called up one of the matchmakers and yelled at him in a very Jerry Maguire kind of way, you know, repeat <laughs> after me, you know, I win, you lose kind of thing, you know, um, not for to pump up my ego, but really to kind of tell him, you know, when a person is convinced that they could achieve something, you know, you have to support them in that kind of way you cannot hold them back and you cannot like, you know, diminish from them or, or take away from that dream. Um, so optimism is really powerful. Um, and I think optimism is the, is the, is the, you know, the, the power behind the attraction. So a lot of people, when they hear, you know, they hear attraction or they hear spirituality or they hear all that kind of stuff, these things are very like woohoo for them. They're very like out there, you know? Um, and a lot of people get scared by this. Um, so I'm not telling you, you know, to manifest something by sitting on a couch and twirling your thumbs, uh, but rather there are elements that you have to do. Um, you know, there's steps that you have to take action steps for those dreams to actually come true. Um, and if you don't have a positive attitude, forget about it. That's, that's just, you know, it's never going to work. Yeah, I, I think it's so powerful. And I think the positive piece goes back to when we talk even abundance. It's people mm -hmm. who are positive are abundant. And they believe that there's multiple solutions to the problem and that they're just like mm -hmm. your example. It's out there. It's just I have to attract it and I have to take the right mm -hmm. steps to do it. So I, I love that answer. I think it's powerful. And I, I just wanted to share. I, I read the book Shoe Dog, which tells the story of Phil Knight, the founder yes. of Nike. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy what, what they went through. I mean, they literally failed for over a decade before they broke yeah. through and Nike began cash flowing. And today it's one of the greatest organizations in the world. And, and mm -hmm. those dudes were like, we believed that it was possible. Like in our deepest hearts, we knew we had a good product and that's why we kept going. So I, I love that mindset piece. And I, I love talking spirituality. And again, talking with you, Jeremy is always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to kind of gear us now towards more of the real estate piece. You know, when we talk about mental real estate and, and what goes into that from an entrepreneur, you know, I guess what, what exactly in your opinion, Jeremy is mental real, uh, real estate? Sure. Um, so just as in real estate, um, you know, we know that location is everything. Uh, we, you know, any any smart, I guess, investor, uh, landlord would never allow uh, squatters in high, you know, in high, um, like like high prime real estate, right? Imagine you have, you know, prime real estate, uh, you know, Miami Beach Central or whatever, you know, overlooking the beach. You'd never allow a squatter in that beautiful penthouse, you know? Um, and so, and so the same, the same things apply, um, to how we think and how we approach things. Um, again, very similar to that scarcity mindset. It, it connects to that. If we allow these external voices, um, to play in our head, we lose confidence. We lose, um, we, we lose, we lose trust and belief in ourselves. Uh, we lose so many things. Whereas, 
you know, for that penthouse, we we would only want, you know, the prime celebrity type of, you know, uh, um, you know, tenant or whatever. Um, and so we have to market to that to that tenant. We have to market to that person. Um, a celebrity wouldn't want to live in a crummy, you know, in a crummy apartment. I don't care what it overlooks. I don't care where it is. Um, so we have to make sure that our mindset is set up in that prime real estate, in that prime way, and that we're attracting or that we are only allowing and inviting the right tenants into that into that position. Um, so I actually created a, an exercise for that. Um, it's part of a larger 90-day exercise. Uh, but because, you know, Jesse, I'm I'm so like, ah, about you. I, I love what you're doing. Um, I would like to actually give that as a gift to all your listeners and everybody who downloads this podcast um, should also download that exercise. It is a really cool exercise. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and thank you again. I'm sure my audience will take advantage of it. And, and just the discussion we're having tonight is, is incredible. I mean, I completely agree with you. Attracting the right tenants is so powerful. And where, where I got started was in student housing with my father. And it's like, you know, attracting the right college students that are, are motivated to go to class and aren't just going to sure. sit and party seven days a week and destroy our properties. So I, I completely agree with you. That's extremely important. And, and we have so many people out here that talk real estate. You know what I mean? I love, again, and going back to here and everybody's different perspective. Everybody, you know, has things that they love about it, things maybe they don't like about it so much. I mean, in your opinion and, and what you've done in your own career, you know, why is real estate, you know, one of the last great investments out there? Oh, well, it's very simple. It's the most real thing. Um, so when I started, when I started in business, um, you know, obviously entrepreneur and business and everything that that's my world. Um, I actually had no relationship to real estate whatsoever. Um, however, I did have a grandfather who always drove into us and said, you know, God only made a certain amount of land and he ain't making any more anytime soon. Um, and that's all he would say, like literally that line. And it took me forever to actually understand what he was saying. Like, if you're going to invest in anything, invest in real estate because it's such a, it comes in such limited supply. And the more you own of it, the more, quote unquote, control you got. Um, and, and that really, really struck really gold to me. Um, but I never took action on it. I was always either afraid of it or just didn't know where to go, didn't know how to do it. Um, today, looking back, I wish I started earlier. Um, I dabbled a little bit in the stock market just to kind of learn what it was. And then I realized like, hey, businesses fail every day. So there goes your stock and there goes nothing. Um, cryptocurrency was not even to start talking about. Um, just these things were so in the air and not really tangible for me to hold on to. And then I said, hey, real estate has real in it. So that's great. Relationships, that has the word real in it as well. That's great. You know, invest in real things. And I've only seen success in that. And 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 relatively actually very quick success way faster than i ever expected yeah i mean i think at its most macro level what i tell people and you absolutely hit the nail on the head here at the most macro level there is a finite supply of land and the population is only increasing you know as right. we know of today 2021 so it's like 
it only makes sense that you would buy a asset that we cannot create more of that can only increase in demand. I mean, when you think of the most 40,000 foot macro level, I think that's super powerful. And then also to speak to the hard asset piece, you know, when I own, you know, a retail store at ABC Avenue, you know, it's not like, you know, a stock where I'm depending on some CEO in a penthouse in New York City to decide what is going to happen to my money. It's like when I'm an investor in a building, you know, I'm directly correlated to how that building is being operated. And I've trusted the proven operators to, you know, place my money well and, and operate it. So I, I think that's super powerful. Um, I, I wanted to transition to the irresistible piece here. I mean, I, I really, I, I love talking this and I want you to, you know, take it from the macro down to the micro level. Yeah. I'm Jesse Fuchsia, Yermi. How do I become irresistible? That's a great, that's a great question. And, you know, I was, I was actually thinking like, I wanted to comment one more thing about yeah, what you were saying um, earlier about, you know, the, the, like the difference between, you know, a business and like, i.e. stocks and real estate. But your question actually is the answer, you know, to that connection um, and, and how I actually came about creating Irresistible. Um, so I always asked myself, okay, I was so afraid of real estate. I was so afraid of, you know, and, and where do you even begin? Where do you be like somebody who's very, very early, 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 not coming with money, not coming with anything. You know, when I moved out to Los Angeles about a decade ago um, in 2010, I got there with about 25 cents in my pocket. So I had nothing and I was immigrating from Canada. So it was illegal for me to work. It was illegal for me even to make money. So how do you survive and how do you, and I right away knew, okay, real estate is the way to, you know, grow rich at some point or whatever. And people turn around their life that way. How do I begin doing it legally too? You know, um, where, 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 how, right. And so I banked on relationships because to me, relationships was the first step to anything real has to, has to be real. So relationships, relationships just simply had to be real. Okay, great. So how do we have that real relationship? And I thought to myself, what do people not want to be around? Right? So that's the first question to begin. So nobody likes the grouch. Nobody likes the person who has a negative attitude. Nobody likes the person with a bad character. Nobody likes these people. You know, these are the people who repel other people. Great. So how do I attract people now? Right? Um, that's the that's the opposite question now. Well, everybody loves the happy, exciting, fun, outgoing, you know, everybody loves those people. So those people ultimately become irresistible. Those who have a high level of, of happiness, the, and, and I mean like authentic happiness, like real happiness, those who are just who have a great attitude about everything, the positive, the open mindset, that inviting, you know, that attitude is just, everybody loves that. Um, and then just somebody who just has a great character. You know, somebody who doesn't judge you for anything, somebody who, you know, doesn't see you as right or left or I don't know, whatever, right? Um, these three together create an irresistible person. So the more we invest in ourselves, we're actually investing in real, in real relationships. Um, so the first real relationship is with ourselves and then with others. And that will open up doors to real estate. It just is. Real estate is about trust. Real estate is about, you know, and that's why I attract real estate the most. You know, my ideal persona is the real estate investor because these are people who actually appreciate real relationships 
And these are the guys who want to be irresistible. You know, it only makes sense to them. Yeah, I think that's incredibly powerful. And it's like, it, if I could sum it up in one sentence, it would be, you know, be someone that other people want to be around at its most sure. simplest forms, you know, being happy. And I, I know you're great friends with Yoda Weiss. We're both in the challenge right yeah. now. And I, I bring a lot of energy to the challenge. I'm, <laughs> I'm always like, you know, doing, you know, fist pumping emojis and it's like, <laughs> and like firing people up. And it's like, hey, that's not like, you know, fake. That's Jesse. That's who oh, I am, yeah. man. It's like, and people feed off of it. You know I mean? People are like, people are DMing me all week. Jesse, I love your energy in the group. You know, let's keep it going. And it builds up the group. The group gets behind it yeah. and people get excited. So it, it almost like it compounds like a return, you know, and that that's irresistible. Exactly how we connected. And that's yeah. exactly how we connected. So that that's exactly it. Exactly. And that, that is irresistible in itself, you know, and Hey, we could always improve. I can improve on my own you know, being irresistible, right? Um, irresistible was born by me trying to attract that ideal woman that I was talking to you about before. Hey, everybody said there's that woman doesn't exist. She's not, she's, you know, and even if she did exist, she won't want to be with you. Those were literally words I got. Okay. I was like, awesome. So that means I have to work on myself and be the kind of guy that she wants to be around. So let's get to work, you know? Um, and that, and that's what it's all about. That's what ultimately it's all about. It's really, exactly like you said being that guy that just everybody wants to be around yeah i think it's being genuine i think it's like you said i mean everything you said being happy and just being supportive of others people don't want to be around a grouch they don't want to be around the pessimist they want to be around you know someone who's a team member who brings everybody on this journey and, and makes everybody feel welcome so i yeah. i love that i i, I am I'm going to wake up in the mirror tomorrow, Jeremy, and I'm going to say, I am Jesse Fuchsia and I'm irresistible because I love that. I'm already married. I love my wife. She's a rock star. She's probably going to listen, but from a real estate perspective, so uh, (laughs) she'll get a laugh when she hears this. But uh, the last thing I wanted to get your thoughts on before we get ready to wrap up, Jeremy, I I love talking about, you know, crushing limiting beliefs. And, you know, when you look at your own journey, I mean, you went through, you know, really what I would refer to as tragedy before you found success here later in life. I mean, I'm sure there are people listening right now hear me who might be in a similar aspect and they're stuck in that you know that down cycle or they're they're stuck in that you know pessimistic mindset or or they're like they don't have that confidence you know jesse i can't make that leap um you know what are your what are your thoughts to them hear me those people listening i mean what can they do to crush those limiting beliefs and and take that leap to become irresistible sure um so that's a great question and um the best way to answer it okay it's because it's so it's such a so many layers yeah yeah on one hand on one hand it's impossible to let's be honest um you know it's almost impossible to release yourself from the negative beliefs on your own okay you do need to hang out with other people who have this open mindset um and and i'm just talking for myself the way i was i was raised pretty much in this very limited belief this very closed mindset and i didn't know better you know I do take a, a level of responsibility of my of my previous divorce because as much as I wanted to be the best husband and the best father and the best everything, I just didn't know how to. And I think at the time, it was impossible for me to be something else. And it was like this kick in the butt that basically got me to question what went on, what happened, got me to explore, got me to get out of that box. And go and hang out with people who had an alternate life. Um, And I asked myself, I said, well, you know, what is my alternative? 
I could either live negative and I could always think negative and I could always be negative and I could always, and all this energy that I'm putting into negativity, I'm just feeding negativity on ongoing forever. Now, if I use the exact same amount of energy and invested in positivity, what would the outcome look like? And that's when my life changed around. And that's when things started changing. And I went to hang out with the positive people. And I went to hang out, you know, with like going to explore that. Um, you know, even though I am in the business of what they call consulting, um, but I will say that it's important to find yourself a mentor. It's important to find yourself people that you want to hang around with. So if you're hanging around with the negative people, guess what? That's what's going to happen. If you hang out with the positive people and this is where you're stuck in today, you know, those positive people will get you out of that rut. I guarantee it. And that's what got me out of it. I started seeing other people with the kind of relationships that I wanted. I started seeing people in the real estate. I invested a decade of my life to hang out with real estate superstars. Like I'm talking to you about, you know, the biggest in the industry. I was lucky that I had access to them, but I knew that if I had access to them, I have to invest the, the time to gain their trust. So for an entire decade, I was connected to them. I didn't make a penny off them. I'm not involved in any of their deals. Only now it's starting to open up. Only now it's starting to happen. Why? Because I invested in the time. I, I put myself out there. And now that I have the confidence built up, it took me time to build it. But now I'm ready to, you know, hey, you know, call this guy, call that guy. You know, are you involved in any deals? I'm involved in these kind of deals. What, how do I go about it? All these superstars became my mentors. I have like 10 or 20 mentors that I'm constantly in touch with. Each one has their expertise. Each one has their way of thinking. Each one has their, you know, unique things that they're bringing to the table. Um, but it's a lot of time. It's a lot of investment. So real estate is not just, you know, put money into some kind of syndicated deal or anything. That That is great, but it also is, it also requires that investment of, you know, that what goes on behind the scenes, you know? So that's, that's, that's what I would, that's what I would attest to get out of that negativity, get to the positivity and invest your time in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love just getting around those types of people who are in that positive mindset and in that abundant mindset is, is the first step. And I think, you know, positivity, just like success, just like cash flow, it compounds when you, when you mm -hmm. find it, you start investing in it, you start getting around people who live, breathe, eat and sleep. And it just at a hundred X's just being around. It's sure. cliche to say that like you're an average of the five people you hang out with, but it, I fully believe in that statement. And I, I, I absolutely stand behind the authenticity of that statement that if you want to be, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to be hanging out with the best. If you're, mm -hmm. if you're hanging out with bums and people who are, you know, drinking all night and sleeping until two o'clock every day, it's like, that's all you're going to achieve. And I would tell that to anybody out there, but I, I appreciate those thoughts here. It's an incredible perspective. And I just have two more questions for you. As sure. we get ready to wrap up here at the end, I asked them to a lot of guests and I, I can't wait because I think you're going to have the best <laughs> answers we've ever had here on World Science. Um, they're two just generic questions. The first one, Yermi, is if you could solve any problem in the world, what would it be and why? Yeah, so I think this world is in desperate need um, to become a better place. You know, nobody likes sickness. Nobody likes um, cheating. Nobody likes death. Nobody likes any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so my mission statement for ac my actual business mission statement 
is to make this world a better place, one dream, one job, and one business at a time. Um, and, you know, I'm very much inspired by uh, Man in the Mirror of Michael Jackson. So <laughs> it starts here first, you know, I work on myself every day, all the time. Um, and I try to be the change in the world that I want to see. Um, and And yeah, so if I could obviously help other people to become the kind of people of the change that they want to see. Um, and as you said, it compounds and it multiplies and they help other people and, you know, stuff like that. Um, ultimately, this world will become a much better place. So that's my life mission. I, I love that. And, and I'm not joking. I'm seeing 100% serious. It's it's one of the best we've ever had. And I, I would just caveat and say, you know, if, we, if everybody in this world woke up and said, I'm going to help one person today, and whatever that is, it could be the simplest task in the world. You know, what type of world would we live in? If, as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, you said, I, I'm going to help a person today, whatever that means. Um, yeah, I, I love that response, Jeremy. I appreciate it. The, the very last question, Jeremy Kirkus is living the perfect life. What does it look like? <laughs> Well, I mean, call me biased or call me whatever, um, you know, just the mere fact of, you know, you have to read the book to really appreciate it. And, and that's the only reason why I wrote the book um, was for me, it was all, it all burned down to relationships. It all burned down to having the real relationship and living with the kind of wife that I do. It's the most greatest blessing in the world. It's like, as if like I've achieved it all. Um, now it's just the, the extension, the next chapter of that. What does that look like? Um, and so I would really honestly say that I am living the most ideal life um, in this chapter, uh, but the, it's not enough that I'm living this ideal life. I went through hell and back, and I believe that the only reason why I went through what I went through was in order to help other people going through what they're going through. So again, the very ideal life, there's no such thing in my opinion, um, just because I'm quote unquote living it, but the ideal life is that everybody should have an ideal life and it ties back to making this world a better place. So every morning I ask myself, who could I bring value to? Who could I add more light in their life? Or just even say, you got this, you know, you're an investment deal that you're working on. It's going sour. It's a hard, you know, don't worry, you know, just, just let me, let, let's figure this out or you got this, you could figure it out. What's the next step you need to do? Um, so that's the ideal life is that when all of us are living the ideal life, then, you know, the world is a better place. So. Wow. There is a, there is nothing else that I can say to that. There's nothing to be said. Yuri, that was the greatest closing we've ever had on wealth science. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do and waking up and making this world a better place every single day. You know, you've got so many big things set up for 2022. You're me. I mean, people who are inspired by today's episode, you know, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What platforms can people reach you on and, and what projects are you working on? Sure. So, um, so the best way is LinkedIn. That's where I hang out in. Um, you know, I'm most of my day I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if I'm not actually traveling or on the road, I'm going to be on LinkedIn. Um, so the best way is to just find me, Yermi Kirkus, um, at LinkedIn. Um, the other option is uh, you could go to my website. Um, as of this recording, we are revamping the whole website. So hopefully when this is going to be launched, it's going to be a brand new website. It's going to be, you know, all our programs are going to be on there. Um, in terms of if you want to get in touch with me about real estate stuff, um, that's, again, on LinkedIn because it's not 
the core of my business, but it is the people that I work with. Um, so to learn more about that, it's so again, it's LinkedIn and um, and my website, yearmekirkus.com. Uh, my email is yearme at yearmekirkus.com. And I just started getting involved with a group called Bisfluence. So if you want to learn more about that, reach out to me. And it's an awesome platform. You should go check it out. A lot of real estate people there. So awesome. that's what you me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it again. And again, the time I, I said it in the beginning, hear me, I stand behind the statement. One of the most kind-hearted and authentic people I've ever met in my life and, and waking up and making the, play, uh, the world a better place every single day. You're me, Kirkus, everyone. Thank you. I, I appreciate the time again. And uh, I hope you and your family have a great holiday. Thank you so much. You too. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Wealth Science Podcast. Take some time to subscribe and leave us a review. It really is the basis that helps us continue to bring on amazing guests each week. We have another incredible story to share next week, and I'm certain it's going to add value to this community. Please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything I can do to help you in your journey of attaining financial freedom. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week.